This is the Decision Masters Podcast. I'm Kirsten Parker, the decision coach for overthinkers. When you feel good about your decisions, life feels good. You get to be present in your days and excited about where you're going. I'm going to help you build your decision mastery so it's easy to know what you want, navigate uncertainty, and handle any feelings that happen. Whether you're in the middle of some overthinking angst right now, or you simply love feeling in charge of your choices, you're in the right place. Clear, confident decisions are right around the corner. Let's get into it. Happy Thursday, friend. And if you're listening real time when this episode comes out, then happy new year. I'm watching the sunset right now over the Griffith Park Mountains outside my office, and I'm remembering One of my, I think it was my favorite new year with Kenny, my husband. We took the dogs up to Santa Barbara to the dog park. This was before the Husky was fully blind. We haven't been back since, but someday. We kind of did a long walk down the beach and then we came back and we were getting ready to leave. And we were at the step and it was sunset. And we just kind of, there was this organic gathering of people who just watched the sunset on the year. And there was something so cathartic and cleansing and like, "Mm, okay, let's, let's put that year to bed and celebrate the beauty of this moment and drive off into the new year because we drove home to LA after that. So I'm remembering that right now as I sit down to record this final episode of the year. And I'm actually someone who finds it intimidating to look back on a year and find all of the wins and all of the lessons. I don't know about you, but sitting down to like think about an entire year is I'm like exhausted even thinking about that. And at the same time, I don't want to let an opportunity go by to not find some nuggets that are really worth cracking. I I didn't have a good ending to that metaphor. If you are uh, in a similar place where you're kind of, you're tired, but you're also ready to build up some momentum for the next year and you don't want to bah humbug the entire year, you don't want to throw it out in a trash bag and be like, oh, thank God that's over because that's not a mindset that feels good. But you also don't want to have a big, giant, laborious think session about what happened this year. I think you're going to like this episode because the way that I reflected is to think about what thoughts am I going to leave back in 2023? And what thoughts am I going to embrace and take with me into 2024? And by the way, of course, if you're listening to this episode any other time, you can absolutely do this anytime you need a mindset upgrade or a refresh, or a reset. If you're coming to the end of a chapter, what thoughts do I want to leave in the chapter that's closing? And what thoughts and beliefs and mindset do I want to have in the next chapter? So I'm going to share the three that I came up with. And then I'm going to encourage you to do the same thing. And you can find one. You don't have to find three. You can find seven, whatever, whatever floats your boat. So the thoughts that I'm going to leave in 2023, these are thoughts that I want to declare as toxic, unhelpful thoughts. They're the kind of thoughts that pop up automatically because that's what my brain has been trained to do. 
is to scan for evidence of these beliefs and really invest in them. And they're toxic. They don't help. They are never accurate. And I don't need them. But people like us, smarty pants, very self-aware people, can tend to find these thoughts and just use them as a reason to judge ourselves harder. Like, you shouldn't think that. I should be over that fear or doubt or blah, blah, blah by now. And I also want to encourage you to drop that behavior. Not only because it feels terrible, but also it is not effective for mindset change. It just has never been the best way to do it, to beat yourself over the head saying, don't think that. That's a bad thing to think. You're wrong and bad. This is you beating yourself up over the head. So that doesn't work. So what we're going to do instead is we're going to, from a very calm, level-headed place, from a centered place, a self-accepting place, we're going to scan for what did I tend to think this year that caused a lot of stress, that felt really true and really crappy, and didn't help me at all, even though one of the minions in my mind thought it was going to be really helpful. So keep thinking this thought over and over and over again. I want you to ask yourself that question and just see what rises to the top. My guess is it'll be pretty apparent. The first thought I'm leaving in 2023 is I don't have time. I'll explain all of these in a second. The second thought I'm leaving in 2023 is I should feel differently. And the third thought, one of my personal faves, you may have heard of it before. I'm not doing enough. <laughs> Doesn't that just roll off the tongue? So when I scanned for what thoughts were kind of the loudest this year and how did that not create a great experience and great results for me, these are the three that I found. And I've never really been a person who says I don't have time. I'm a life coach. You know, I teach people to take control of their time and know that they create the time that they want for things. But if I'm being honest, my relationship with time got a little undernourished this year. I started overworking to compensate for some stressors. My husband works in the film industry and there were so many strikes. Oh, hi, Clive. There were so many strikes all year. He didn't work for three quarters of the year. We were all of a sudden a single income home and had not planned to be. And there was a lot of decision making as a couple in that experience that we had never had to do before. And we uh, needed to figure it out in, you know, a responsible yet messy way, because that's the only way to do so much of life. So even though I wasn't walking around my life saying I don't have time, when I look back at so much stress and anxiety that I experienced this year, it really was rooted in this idea that I didn't have enough time to save our household and grow my business and make all the money that we needed and figure out how to solve all the problems and still be a healthy person who was eating well and exercising all the time and showing up in her friendships as like a super present and thoughtful person. It really boiled down to this underlying belief that I don't have time for all of it. And working with taking control of your time is something I do a lot 
in my individual coaching and in the Decision Masters program, because if we don't feel in charge of our time, holy moly, we don't feel in charge of our decisions. So what I realized when I was looking back on the year, thinking about relationship with time, I had a mindset upgrade going into the final quarter of this year. Stress and anxiety was building up to that point, as I mentioned. And I kind of did an experiment like the one that we're doing together right now. I really had to sit down with myself and think about, okay, what am I thinking? That's just not working. It doesn't matter how true it feels. It doesn't matter how helpful it's trying to be. What am I thinking that is not going to work to get through the next three months and have the experience I want and create the results I want? That's when I really started intentionally shifting my relationship with time this year. And holy bajoli, did I see instant differences in my revenue, in the quality of my work, in the quality of my sleep, in how I felt waking up. It was, I was shook. I'm not going to lie to you. So this just shows me that I need to stay on this train and really nourish my relationship with time going into the new year. The second thought I'm leaving in 2023 is I should feel differently. Now, I'm being very honest and transparent about a lot of this behind the scenes stuff that we experienced in my household this year. A lot of stress, a lot of anxiety, a lot of money stuff being kicked up. And a thought that came up often that was never helpful, even though it was trying desperately to be, was I should feel differently. And I know that you have this thought from time to time. I know it. Every single client I work with has this thought from time to time. Usually when they are facing some historical doubt or some historical self-judgment or they're just unhappy in a situation, but they know everything would be better if they weren't unhappy, if they were just like not stressed or it didn't bother them. So they're mad at themselves for how they feel. I get it. I've been there. So we think this, I should feel differently because we're trying to get ourselves to a better place. For everybody involved in the situation, a lot of the time, right? We just think, you know, stop it. Just stop it. Just feel differently. Don't feel that. Don't feel how you feel. And everything will be better. It's a really well-intentioned thought. And I want to encourage you as you look for thoughts you want to leave behind in 2023 or in the previous chapter, we're not judging these thoughts and we're not judging you for thinking them, okay? I am a firm, lifelong believer that we are all on our own teams at the end of the day. So somewhere in the origin story of this belief, it wanted something positive for you. It might be the least effective way to go about getting you some positive result. Or you might not need that positive result that you learned in childhood that you should strive for. Whatever the case. We're not judging the fact that these thoughts come up. We're not judging you if you constantly think I should feel differently. But the problem happens when we invest in this thought, when all the minions in your mind band together and they think, you know what, we need to concentrate hard on how you should feel differently and how you're wrong for how you feel. It's not productive. It doesn't help you process anything. And it just reinforces this ultimate crappy story that you are wrong for who and how you are, which if that's ever a thought in your mind, leave that in the last chapter. I beg you. 
So this is something that I'm going to flag for all the minions in my mind that this is not a thought we're going to invest in anymore. This is not a useful thought. It's never true. It's never true. Think about that. What if this toxic thought that has been kind of one of the banners of your year is just never true? So if it ever comes up again, which humaning, it probably will. I'm going to know, oh, this is one of those thoughts that feels really alluring. It can feel really true. And we don't invest in this thought. I reminded myself of an important note just now, which is when we say we're leaving these thoughts in the last chapter, we are not instructing ourselves not to think them. Okay. It's just not how human brains work. You can't force it. You have to actively work on a mindset change. I just want to put that little caveat in there and that we are not setting up a rule for yourself that you are no longer allowed to think these thoughts because you don't have that much control over your brain. These thoughts are going to just pop up again some of the time and it's going to be fine because we're going to engage with them differently. That's all we're saying. Okay. All right. The final thought, and this is one of the dooziest, most toxic thoughts that I would love to leave in the last chapter. And I would love for you to do that as well is I'm not doing enough. It's never true and it's never helpful. Okay, I can hear you arguing a little bit because Kirsten, what if I'm not making enough progress on the project that I'm working on? Clearly that's evidence that I'm not doing enough. This is a good thing to pay attention to. If you start noticing yourself arguing in defense of a crappy toxic thought, that is great information. Because who wants to think I'm not doing enough? Nobody. That feels terrible. However, we will cling to this belief. We will guard it. We will wrap it up in a little bow and throw it over our shoulders and be like, no, I'm taking this out with me in the next year. It's going to keep me safe and it's going to keep me honest and it's going to keep me from being lazy. So this is where I want you to take a deep breath and recognize that it is possible to dislike your results, to be unsatisfied or unhappy with the results of your efforts or lack of efforts. And it's possible for you to have a positive mindset and a positive self-concept. This is a little mind-blowing for some people because they think it means I have to be happy with results that I don't like. And that's not what we're saying. We're saying that a positive self-concept can coexist with dissatisfaction of results, all right? You can not be making the progress you want. You can notice that you're unhappy with the pace of a project or how an experiment is turning out with something you're doing in your business. We want to be evaluating our results so that we can create more of what we want and less of what we don't want, of course. However, there is a big misunderstanding with the minions in our minds because of how we learned how success works over time over the course of our long, overworking, overly self-critical lives that we need to beat ourselves up in order to get what we want. We need to make ourselves wrong. We need to prove that we're wrong and we're bad or we can't get to the next level. And I want to challenge that. There's no point this year that this thought ever occurred to me and it was followed by really valuable insights about how I need to change my schedule or my game plan or my mindset. Never ever did this thought kickstart useful course correction. 
all it kickstarts is snowball thinking about how terrible I am and everything is. And then I land at the story that my brain loves landing at, which is everything is a dumpster fire. And we don't want to live in that mindset. That's a crappy mindset. So this is a great thought if you're going to play my game with me to leave in the last chapter. Are you on board? Woof. Okay. I feel cleansed. I feel like the sun is setting on this old mindset. It was the best we could do with where we were and what we had. That's fine. Not judging it. Let's decide the mindset we are going to establish intentionally for next year. Okay. And if you are already thinking, I definitely need a mindset upgrade and I need to leave some crappy old thinking in the last chapter and I need to establish some intentional beliefs for the next chapter, that is what I'm here for. So schedule your consultation so that we can talk for free about what you want to experience and achieve and feel in the next year and how we're going to get you there. KirstenParker.com forward slash schedule. So I want to share with you these, this kind of mindset and game plan for 2024 that I have. We're keeping it super simple. Again, I did not overthink this. This was not the result of a 30-minute journal session or a look back at the, you know, books and the calendars of the entire year. But based on the thoughts I don't want to take with me into the next year and what I do want to feel, achieve, and create an experience in 2024, these are the thoughts I'm going to embrace. The belief foundation that I'm establishing for the new year. First one is I put my priorities in my schedule. So this is related to my relationship with time. And this is how I am going to think about time going forward. I put my priorities in my schedule. What this means is your schedule cannot be an afterthought. You cannot expect your schedule to honor your vision and goals and values on its own automatically. We can't just think that it's going to take care of itself. And the best analogy I can think of for this is you cannot expect your diet to be full of nutrition and super balanced if the plan that you have for eating is grabbing stuff last minute as it occurs to you, whatever's around, right? It's just not going to work itself out that you have a completely balanced, nutritious intake of food if you don't put thought into it. And this is a really great way that I can keep myself in check without policing myself. If I don't see my priorities on my schedule, when am I expecting them to be there? When am I expecting to give them time and energy, right? This doesn't mean I micromanage my calendar. And this is something I work with people a lot on as well, figuring out how they best work with time. Everyone has their own best way that they think and the best way that they understand their schedules and the best way that they plan. There's no one size fits all. So the point is not to account for every half hour of your entire life so that you can fit it all in. The point is to treat time not like an afterthought, like it's important enough to give some thought to. If this is a struggle for you, I just want to let you know this is something that we can work on together so that you can feel like you have a healthy, nourished relationship with time and you can see your priorities in your schedule. Mm. Another thought I'm taking with me into the new year is I meet my needs. Mm, say it with me. I meet my needs. Now, something that this does not mean is I do everything by myself. On the contrary, my needs actually include a lot of support, whether that's working with a coach, a therapist, a Pilates instructor, 
utilizing my friends, my deep friendships for support, not just keeping it light for the sake of not burdening other people. Support in my life is non-negotiable. Humaning is hard. This thought is also related to one of the thoughts I'm leaving in 2023, which is I should feel differently. I meet my needs is a belief that allows some room for validating and processing thoughts and feelings, even the ones that we don't like. If I am noticing that I feel crappy about something and it's a useful emotion because it's letting me know I, you don't like this, you need to take action to change it, for example, we're going to meet our needs. We're going to change the thing so that the circumstance is better. But our needs also include validating and acknowledging and processing feelings. And our needs include being self-compassionate, staying on our own team, being honest with ourselves about how we feel, even if we don't like how we feel. So I meet my needs is a kind of loving call to action for myself for the next year. It's really a promise that I'm going to make to myself that you're going to pay attention to the pie chart. And you have your health and you have your business and you have your growth and you have your security and you have your relationships. And we're not going to let any of the pieces of the pie chart go neglected for months at a time. We're going to think about, are my needs being met in all of these areas? And we're going to meet them. And a concept that really helps a lot of my clients who struggle with this idea of like, ah, how do I meet all the needs? How do I do all the things? There's not enough time. I can't do enough. I offer the concept of balancing over balance. We're never going to reach a state of balance and stay there, right? It's impossible and that would be boring, but it makes it more manageable to think of meeting all of your needs if you embrace this idea that I don't have to get to this fixed state of balance where I'm giving equal time and energy to all parts of my life, but I can be paying attention to Am I balancing? Am I moving in and out of all of these areas in an acceptable flow? Something to chew on. All right. The final thought that I am putting into the foundation of my 2024 mindset is I am resilient and resourceful AF, keeping it kid friendly. This is probably the thought that got me through 2023 and I'm just going to magnify it for 2024. So in my coaching programs, I work around these three pillars that are the foundation of decision mastery, clarity, self-regulation, and self-trust. And how I define self-trust is an awareness and a cultivation of your resilience and your resourcefulness, meaning it is imperative for you to know how resilient you are and to constantly be cultivating more of that resilience on purpose. Resilience is the ability to positively adapt to and prepare for adversity, okay? AKA existing in our human world. We need it, we have it, you have it, but you might not be focusing on how much you have. And I really want to encourage you to go into 2024 with your eyes open as to how resilient you are and can be, all right? And you got to be aware of and cultivating your resourcefulness, 
your ability to solve any problem you need to. This was a conversation I had in my head so many times this year because you you know me by now. I mean, even if we just met by the end of this episode, you know me. I have a catastrophizing, anxious brain who loves focusing on problems and dramatics. I went to Yale Drama School to get my master's in theater stage management. I spent three years around the best people at their craft learning how to be dramatic. It's in my blood. I can't help it. (laughs) So a lot of the conversations I had with myself this year were, were my brain wanting to focus on We can't solve the problems. There are too many problems. We're not doing enough to solve the problems. And constantly coming back to my breath, hand on my heart, signaling to my nervous system that I am safe in this moment and being honest with myself that I am resilient and resourceful AF. I can survive anything I need to and I can solve any problem I need to. If you don't have This in your lexicon of how you think about yourself and how you talk to yourself, let me strongly suggest that we work together going into the next year so that you can be absolutely sure of how much you can trust yourself because it will be a game changer, not only in the next goal that you have to achieve, because what's going to happen when you go out of your comfort zone and try to achieve a goal? You're going to fail. And you're going to want to judge yourself and you're going to want to give up and you're going to want to doubt your choices and you're going to want to doubt your abilities. And what's going to be so, so handy for committing to what you want to go for and creating the results that you want, which you never have before. So you have no evidence that it's possible. Self-trust is the answer to that really long question. Not only is self-trust going to help you achieve your goals, it's also going to help you survive the challenges that are inevitable because, again, humaning. So I hope you find this useful, this idea of looking back on what thoughts were not helpful, were trying to be helpful, but were just stressful this year. What can I leave in the last chapter? And what thoughts are really going to make the difference for next year in how I want to feel and how I want to operate and what I want to achieve and experience? And if you're struggling to figure that out or you're struggling to think about turning those into actual beliefs, like bringing them down from the idea ether and turning them into beliefs that you truly believe and thoughts that you think automatically, then that's the perfect reason to work together. If you're listening real time, the Decision Masters program starts on January 23rd. So you still have time to sign up and get in on that small group experience, or we can work together one-on-one. So book your consult at kirstenparker.com forward slash schedule. We'll talk about what you want, what habits you want to change, what mindset shifts that you want to update, and what kind of coaching is going to be right for you. I hope you have a fabulous day. I hope you have a fabulous New Year's, and I will see you in 2024. Hey, want to find out your decision style? Um, obviously. Go take the decision style quiz. It's in the show notes and at kirstenparker.com forward slash quiz. We all have our style when it comes to making decisions, but do you know how to use your default way of thinking to your advantage? Or do you mainly get stuck in the most annoying parts of overthinking and people-pleasing? The decision style quiz has your answers, my friend. Take it right now at kirstenparker.com forward slash quiz.